Hi guys, it's Graham here from the podcast. Just before the podcast starts, I just want to let you know what we think. So we really appreciate every single listen that we get and we, we're doing our best. You never ever charge for anything. But we have signed up over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. So there's no subscription. It's a one-time thing. You can do it at your leisure. But basically, if you want, you can gift us the price of a cup of coffee. So if you would buy us a cup of coffee, for, for listening to the podcast it's a way to do it now we would never no not a case we would never but we, we're trying our best never not demonetize but there is running costs obviously there's time there's one to help guys to give up a lot of their free time and stuff they get better mics and better quality stuff and have more time to put out better quality content now listen if you don't want to do that that is more than okay honestly we hope that you just keep enjoying the free content and and just supporting the podcast for your lessons because it really does help. We absolutely love doing it and we appreciate every lesson, every bit of feedback and everything going. So if you want, you'll find the link on our Twitter. It's pinned or on our link tree. It should be in there too. So it's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. Thank you and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Everton Not Me podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Andrew and Shane. And um, Everton were the early kickoff today, playing against Sheffield United away. Um, well, I say early kickoff for us, that's half 12 in the afternoon. Early kickoff for Andrew is like 4 a.m. So, um, Andrew, I feel for you, mate. Um, did you manage to. What was it like this morning? Tell us about that experience. Dark. <laughs> uh, on many, many levels. Yeah. <laughs> It was uh, 5.30 a.m. in Denver. Mm. Um, man, I don't know why I keep doing this. Probably <laughs> you guys. I think I think it's you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and no, I mean, I just, I don't understand how Daesh can have this reputation of, like, defensive st- uh, stability. Mm. Like, that's, everyone is so excited. Like, they said the same thing about Rafa. Like, we'll be tough to beat and we'll get, you know be really compact and solid, but we've been everything but that for the most part. Yeah. Um, he's finally dropping Keen, which is good to see. Honestly, I'll give him credit for like finally seeing what we all knew, yeah. but Tarkovsky's gotten worse. I don't know if it's just a lack of chemistry or if he just had something like lightning in a bottle with Cody early on last season. Yeah. Um, I know the woodwork was our 12th man for the most part, but they seem to really have a rapport and understand where to pick up the other one's failings and that kind of thing. Yeah, And I wonder if that's just Branthwaite's lack of minutes and maybe they haven't built that up yet. And obviously, you know, I'm the Godfrey Stan, but that was the worst cameo I've ever seen out of him. He looked like peak. I want the fuck out of here. Anthony Gordon, mm. like immediate cards. Like what the fuck, man, calm down. You got six minutes and you're already blowing it. And right. I love the dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I really am getting a lot different look from Dice than I ever thought. Like, 2.5 xgs multiple times mm. but leaking goals every which way and i think one of the problems is with the setup it's so compact that we just get abused down the wings mm. yeah and then they'll get a cross in and tark is so bad when he's got a, like a 50 50 decision of like do i advance on the guy taking the cross or do i back up to cover the space in front of pick and it just usually seems to end up being the wrong decision. Yeah. And I don't get, I do because it's Daesh, but I, I say I don't get how we're playing this 
really direct over the top hoof ball when you have midfielders like Amadou Onana, even as raw as they are, you yeah. have the potential there and the ability and the talent to execute something on the ball and put passes together rather than just the most caveman, like you said, John, mm-hmm. the most rudimentary, you know, hard work will make up for our lack of uh, nuance yeah. kind of football. And I, I just think we do have more talent than that. We're just not utilizing it as well as we could. Yeah, definitely, mate. Uh, couldn't agree more, actually. Um, yeah, it, it was just a very, very... I mean, Sheffield United were there for the taking and, and the game finished 2-2, um, but I, I feel like it could have quite easily gone either way. Us in the first half, we had a couple of chances and we were incredibly wasteful. Um, Dan Juma in particular, Shane, I'm, I'm going to rip him a little bit in a minute. Um, despite his goal, I thought he was absolutely atrocious. Um, his, his greed when it comes to the final third is shocking. Um, he just gets tunnel vision and he sees his name in lights and everything goes blurry and then he fucks it up. Um, so he had a bad game and just in, in general, like the whole play just looked disjointed. Um, and okay, you can look at the stats and say, well, we had this many chances and stuff, but how many of those chances are actually big chances? I mean, like cutting it back to a fella that's on the penalty spot for us to get a big chance where the keeper has to make a good save or they get an important block. There's not many of them, they're very few and far between. So, um, yeah, Paul going forward, very disjointed. Um, Beto, I thought was absolutely outstanding. I, I love the guy already. Um, he does nothing but chase things down and he's a big presence and he, he's got, I'm, I'm surprised like how rapid he is. He's got a lot of pace for his size. Um, and he's also got the ability to, you know, cut the ball back and, and do a bit of skill as well. He, I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, the, the decore goal, Shane, do you want to talk us through that in the first 14 minutes there? Cause everything was bliss when that went in. Yeah. I mean, um, that Onana, ball gets crossed in and Onana gets the header on. Um, not sure whether he's nodding it on or going for goal, but that's something else as well that you don't really, as tall as he is, uh, he's not, uh, you know, notorious for his heading ability. He doesn't seem to have a leap in him. Um, but yeah. even then standing still with his height, he, he knocks it on and then, Again, with the core, I don't know whether he's trying to just throw his knee at it or whether he's touching it down, but then he gets the he gets the knock on and then scores the goal. Everton's first goal this season, scored by the one who saved us last season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it was yeah. um, we got lucky, like, because the goalkeeper just kind of parried it straight to him at the second attempt. So we, we got lucky with that one. But at that point, you're, you're thinking, okay, this is nice. Um, no way. You know, we, this is this is as good as it can go for us because one nil, it's going to be pure dice ball from now on. They'll try and attack, 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 and we'll hit them on the counter. Maybe get one or two more. It's Sheffield, do you know what I mean? But that wasn't the case. And um, you know, the the legend Aston Villa's best player, Kelly. You know, he just clearly came on and just ran as ragged. And Cameron Archer, um, his first appearance for Sheffield, and. It's a decent move, I, I suppose. It, it's, it's a decent move, but we just didn't do enough to stop it. It could have been stopped quite easily, but for some reason, they let them get the cross in. Um, they let them hold the ball up and have a little knockback. The defence, as you say, Andrew, clearly not close enough. Uh, the midfield, not even in the same hemisphere. It's It was just completely 
just really bad defending all around. Yeah, I don't get with Dijkstraal, um, and I think this was probably true with Frank too, but the midfielders just do not cut back and cover the back four. I, I really don't get how that's been still a thing with us. Um, I just It's weird to me that we're relying so heavily on such a statistically mistake-prone back line yeah. to just handle it. I mean, Pickford's fantastic, but he can only do so much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, of course, another debut. Like if we hear somebody's like, I don't know, 13 years old or, you know, hasn't scored in five years, like double team that man yeah. because he is a threat. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he scores two goals as well, Cameron Archer. Um, it's just weird. It's it's just weird at this point. Like, why why do we do these things? Um, Shane, we had a nice chance to go 2-0 up, right? Dan Juma, I think it was 4-2 on two in the attack. And Dan Juma, I, I don't know what he's thinking, mate. He cuts inside, um, tries to go for the shot himself, just as he scored against Doncaster in the week. But he clearly mm. had three better options there to his right. Yeah, it's uh, shades of what we've been watching over the last couple of years anyway. You know, Damari Gray, we've we've spoken about him enough times. I mean, even though he gets those goals, like you just said, with Dan Juma against Doncaster, it's uh, the indecisiveness or the selfishness, if you want to call it that. Um, I mean, obviously, in that sense, he scored that goal. Mm. Sort of like when, when Gray scored that goal against uh, Arsenal. And then it was like for like two or three games, it was just like, even though it's sort of his game, but he was literally just all the time just cutting in, ignoring everyone, just trying to score that worldy. Um, and then he's obviously in this in this uh, moment in the game, he's got everyone like Decore and stuff screaming at him as well. So yeah, definitely, it's stuff stuff to iron out in that sense. Um, but like I say, it's something that we've been watching for years with players like Walcott and uh, Delafeu was a bit like that, Bernard. Richie like got yeah. selfish with DCL. Like they did, they were not like a super cohesive partnership. They were both good individually, yeah. but they didn't really play off each other that much, especially when Dom started getting really strong under Carlo. Richie tried to take it on himself and kind of get some of that shine back. Yeah, he did. And yeah. I feel like Dan Juma might have been riding the bench a little too closely to Richie at Spurs. <laughs> like, here's yeah. what you do, man. Yeah, absolutely. I think Richie probably got away with it as well with him now. And then, anyway, being like a cult hero, we sort of got away with it, sort of thing. Like Godfrey would with you, just not with everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but he did, he did get his goal in the end, Dan Juma. Um, it was a, I, I want to say it's a good move. People were saying that's a nice bit of football. It wasn't. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. Let's have it right. It wasn't. Yeah. Uh, Patterson had a horrible, horrible scoop pass to James Garner. And James Conner did well to control it and give it back to him, actually. Um, I thought the attack was gone at that point. Um, but then he just makes up for it by whipping in a really nice cross, Andrew, and putting on a plate for Danjuma. And if he'd have missed that, I don't know, well, hell would have broke loose, I suppose. Yeah, gorgeous cross. Um, I really would like to see Patterson not defending because yeah. he seems to be, you know, that same thing with Godfrey, like, he, he'll make a mistake positionally really bad mm. and then overcompensate wildly trying to make up for it. And you'll see him overshoot his man by a solid 15 yards. It just, it's really chaotic. It's really 
reactive. He just never seems to be anticipating it well, but he seems to have enough athletic attributes to feel like he can get away with that. And I, I feel like scientifically he's probably right, but he needs more coaching with world-class defenders that can really harness what he's good at. Because as a defender right now, I would much rather see him as a right wing um, or wing back. And I think that's how Scotland uses him, right? As a right wing back. Yeah. And he always gets the call up. So it's not like he's without merit. It's yeah. just in our side right now with either Keane or Tark, we can't have that many bad defenders on the pitch. Yeah, it's true. Yep. And he's definitely a liability. Maybe, you know, just experiments. And James Garner's been playing right back for the England under 21s. He played phenomenal. Yeah in the tournament just gone so maybe just switch and just say look if you want to bomb forward i'll cover you and just no rush getting back kind of thing um it doesn't seem to be that partnership between the two of them it, it doesn't feel like it's fluid at the moment so maybe that they're, they're trying to work on that and we haven't seen it yet um i don't know but um i want to touch on onana as well because andrew you mentioned it before um and, and shane i'll come on to you in a minute mate and Mm. Talk about a few other things and and how shit the bench is as well. But Andrew Onana, um, I thought today was one of his better games. I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, no, a lot better decision making. Picked out some great passes uh, when he actually got to touch the ball. I don't feel like he got a hold of it that much mm. because of the style of play that we're committed to at this point. Yeah, but when he got it, he made the most of his efforts, and he's really like I love his intercepting tackles. Um, he's for a big dude. He should not be as agile as he is. Like he's kind of got that baby giraffe physique and he really does have control of it when going in for tackles. I was terrified when I saw his frame, like, Oh God, this is just going to be so many yellow cards, but he really does know when and how hard to throw himself in. Mm. Yeah. He's definitely improving. That's for sure. Um, but, like again, you know, if you can't boss the game against Sheffield United, then there's no hope. Is right. There? It's a little bit of like my commerce uh, comment about Idrissa Gay and uh, Doncaster. It's just like, oh, good, yeah. you look great <laughs> against these bums. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean Sheffield. I, f- I feel like the game was there. It was they were there for the taking. You know, I feel like it, Shane. It's it's more two points dropped. You know, um, we could have definitely like when we scored the second goal. You're thinking, okay, right, push on, push on, push on, try and get a winner. We don't have that impetus. We just sit back and we let the game completely fade out until they grow back into it and could have snatched it at the end. So I don't feel like we've got that killer instinct. No, I feel like we, we never have until it comes to those last few games. And even then, like you say, you're sitting back and then it's it's uh, sort of sitting and hoping. But... We we don't we don't help ourselves like like Andrew said. It's like we, we get killed wide, and you're playing against the team who yet to play in five at the back, which you know on paper looks like they're just parking the bus. But that that's wing backs then that are bombing on forward, and um, it's it's just exposing it's exposing us. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's not a it's it's. I mean, we if we go one nil down, you I mean you like. Probably 50-50 that we come back and draw, but if we're 2-0 down, you don't expect us to come back. We had that conversation as well last uh, last season. Um, yeah, it's, you know, the same same story as, as Fulham and Wolves. We didn't have a striker then, and now we have. Um, but then that means nothing, sort of. He can only do so much, but with them without the service, it's, uh, it's useless sort of thing. Um, yeah. 
like you say, you've got Dan Juma on the left and then he, he done what he done today. Um, and then you've got Garner on the right-hand side who just seems to, a lot of the time, he's trying to grab a hold of the ball and then sort of from a dead ball cross the ball in, which works so so many times. No goals come from it. Yeah. Um, but then I said to you, uh, well, I said in the, in the group chat that when McNeil come on, I don't want to be seeing him playing him on the right. Yeah, it's just what Lampard was doing, um, and you're just going against all of his strengths as well. It's basically what what I said was is that you you shoehorning them in now just because we haven't gone out and bought that right side of player. Yeah, um, you know we were a couple of games ago we were putting a Wobie in there who's outright said himself he's not a winger. Yeah. Um, now now we're playing Garner in there because. We've got what? What is it like? Like five left wingers. Yeah. <laughs> um. Plus Damari Gray, who's still on the books as well. He didn't end up leaving. He might still go to Saudi. Yes. Still so here. we've got the Saudi window. Is what another two weeks? Days. Yeah. Three weeks almost. Yeah. 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 So you've got you've got Harrison to come back, who's a left-footed player, who's predominantly left-sided, who can play on the right, which is the same situation as McNeil. Yeah. Uh, Dan Juma, who. When you look at where his his best positions are, his left winger, that's where his goals and contributions come from. He can play on the right. Um but I I mean Gray is probably gonna if if he's not going, he's probably gonna have to come back in and play a part and probably play on that right hand side. Um but I mean at off and sing the praises like you were before to Beto because I don't know what it is. He's very deceiving. Uh, like you say, with his, not only his pace, but his agility. And it's just, I, I said in the last podcast, like when we had Lukaku in his prime, where he was he, he was cut to that shape before he went to United, where he was so strong, but then was like so quick and agile as well. Yeah. Um, and then Onana as well, like you say, before there was... Uh, I, I watched the second half, I was in work, so I, uh, I watched it on my break, but... There was times where he had time on the ball and he was doing the like the body feints and he was just sending them for hot dogs and that like it was lovely to see like yeah uh, but and and I think he will he he probably will flourish as well with the Wobie gone uh from out of there uh, obviously fingers crossed Ellie Ali comes back as well yeah um but yeah it feels like at the minute the, the, I mean you said before we'd come onto it like the bench. You know, you're allowed nine, is it nine players on the bench? We had seven and two yeah. of them were goalkeepers, so we had five options yeah. to bring on the pitch. Um, You know, which might be fine if you're winning a game, but, you know, even for dice ball, if you're, as it's called, or and, and these gaffer days, the lads looked leggy at the end of the game as well today. So, the fit, you know, yeah, we played a couple of days ago, but... You shouldn't be that leggy, and, and especially when not a lot of the, you know, the first team players come on for one half, um, and then they're looking like that against Sheffield United, where you you're chasing a game sort of thing. So, that uh, it's definitely two points dropped. I I said to you as well, like uh, I heard it off some of the lads in the space last night. Do you think that if we'd have lost the game today, that Dice would have been under pressure? And I definitely think he probably would have been, even though it is only four games in. Yeah. He's got this style of football and this way of going, regardless of when we took him on, he, he come out and said that he's not this uh, 
this one trick pony sort of thing. It's quite evidently he is uh, yeah. now. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But the the thing but, is, uh, yeah. Oh no, I was just gonna say, like Devil's Advocate, is it with, with what Andrew was saying earlier? Is it is it is it the workman? Is it the workman or is it the tools sort of thing? Um, you know. But if it carries on, I mean, we've seen before today's game. None of the, I think it was Sam and Jordan. I think you said that it put up none of the, that they were on like minus. 30 something goals or whatever the, the newly yeah. promoted teams no points from the first three mm. uh, Archer debut game it's always nailed on with us um, it's weird and we don't we don't look there's no there's no step apart from either of them two teams when you're watching them today neither and and you know like, like we were saying in January uh, January gone about all the other teams strengthening and us not for, you know, Forrester spent over a hundred million. Yeah. Uh, we've got rid of a lot of players off the books, a lot of salaries, and we've made money off through the summer. We've made money off Keen Awobi, which is twenty-two million. Uh, Cannon seven point six. Yeah. Young left back that we had, I think we made a couple of million off him. And Kunku, we've got a profit. Uh, like clause on him as well, so I think that's a couple of million. Yep. And it's essentially, even though we're getting told and we're seeing that these deals are going through and they're, they're like part payments, so we're getting like sort of getting away with it, so to speak. It, that that all that money's just basically gone on on Beto and yeah. salaries basically, because all all the rest of the signings are all loans that we're not going to have at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely, definitely, mate. Um, I'm dreading next summer. Actually, there's even more work to do next summer than there was this summer. Um. Seven players on the bench, as you said, there two goalkeepers, um, and a lad that was on loan at Forest Green Rovers, um, who just doesn't make the cut, in my opinion. Um, it's not as if we had a transfer window only yesterday, is it, to try and sort this? Out. I mean, it's just a joke, you know. It's just absolutely pathetic, and to leave ourselves short again, it, it, it's just shocking. Like it doesn't matter, like how many, like all right, we're short on wingers, whatever. We bring wingers in, but then you leave yourself short in every other department as well. It, it's just weird. Like the, I'm just sick of the club and being lack of prepare, the lack of preparation just gets on my nerves every single week, and and it becomes more and more apparent the more games that we play. Um, on that note, uh, I don't know if the readers or listeners, that's how you do that. Um, have seen Yeri Mina's wages at Fiorentina. It is sickening. 35, 40 K a week. That's mm-hmm. Tom Davis wages. Yeah. And we let his ass go. I understand he was a fitness liability. Totally get that. Mm-hmm. But that's not expensive for a backup. If that's how you view him. Yeah. And we saw what he did for us at the tail end of last season. Yeah. He absolutely was part of the reason that we were saved is because Keen finally got fucking benched. Yeah. And yeah. for him to make that little, we could have negotiated that contract. Like what United did with De Gea. I mean, he yeah. ended up leaving, but you know what I mean? Like they said, you're not worth this much to us because of X, Y, and Z. We could have done that with Yuri Mina because of his fitness. Yeah. And I think we could have come to some agreement. Yeah. But yeah. to press on with Keane as your number one choice in the team sheet is just insanity. Yeah, definitely. I feel like with, with, with Mina, it's, it's been a case of, He's probably seen that the grass is greener and then he's had no offers come in hmm. for the wages he was on with us anyway because I, I, I'm, I'm t- 
right in thinking he was on about 100 to 120 a week, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Decorah and Dean were the expensive ones. Yeah. Um, and then, because I, I can't, I mean, I can't see that, that wage being a line either because with Italy, with their financial restraints that they've apparently got. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing with Cody though as well. You're passing up three and a half million to sign him. Mm. I've heard mixed things about what people thought about him, but like you said, with Tarkovsky, he, Tarkovsky looked better next to Cody. Cody yeah. got dropped over the Villa game that we went to yeah. and then was left out far too long for the mistake that he made sort of thing. That was when we ended up having Keane come in and then it was just an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um and then you're there, you know, you're there how he just how he speaks about Everton anyway afterwards. He's referring to Everton as us and sort of thing and interviews and that. And like you say, with Thin there at the back now, we've got rid of Holgate, that's only alone. He's gonna come back and inevitably probably not gonna be able to sell him because unless Southampton he... are pissed about that, I saw on Twitter. Yeah. So like you say, you Tarkovsky gets injured, Brantwaite gets injured, Keane's got to come in whether he's dropped for a couple of games and comes in anyway for Brantwaite, and then you, Godfrey's your other, your, your other centre-half. Yeah, it's looking really bad. It's scary, like, it really is. Um, it's, thin all, it's thin all over the place, really. I mean, Coleman's got to come back, but then if he's in and out, you, you're stuck with Patterson. Yeah. Michalenko at left-back, he's got to come back. If he gets injured, you've got Ashley Young who, now is starting to look like he's getting exposed with yeah. how, like Andrew said, how tight we're playing. But mm. then he can't play that tight because he hasn't got the pace to play to be getting out there. Yeah. Um, like you we say, don't stop Fav- crosses. We do yeah. not get in their faces and stop crosses. It's insane. I like, don't understand how we let them one. just get all of them off. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they say five left wingers, no right wingers. You've got You've got rid of what he claimed Awobi to be a number ten, so you're left with one with with Deli Alley, who's still not back, and we've got no time on him. Yeah. is that sort of makeshift plays behind the striker. Mm-hmm. Um, Onana gets injured or suspended or whatever, then you left with Garner and Gay, and then on Yango is your backup on the bench to bring on for one of them. Yeah. Calvert Lewin's still not back, so Beto's there. So Chimiti, who still doesn't look ready, he's there for that backup for that. So it's literally like we haven't got. If there is any backup, it's not. Uh, it's not suitable for what we need, and it's uh, unless January changes things, which again we're open to get through till January again, mm. and it. I don't think nothing's going to change, even manager-wise, like I said yesterday. We're not going to get no one of notoriety until that board changes. Yeah, and this is the problem, like, you know, because under pressure from us is different. They're under pressure. Like, they just let them do what they want until until it's too late, pretty much. Um, And it's the same cycle that we're stuck in. You know, we saw it with Benitez. He comes in, um, stinks the place out. Someone else comes in to save us, keeps us up. They do shit the next season. Someone else comes in to save us, keeps us up. They do shit that season, and it's the same thing. We're in it now for the third year running, and it's Dice is in a four-year contract, isn't he as well? Is that how long? That was three. Is it? Is it, it was three plus the firefight? Okay, yeah. yeah. So I mean, how much is that going to cost to pay off if that does come to that? Do you know what I mean? That's going to be, I don't know, ten million or something like that. Probably, I don't know. Um, I I do kind of I do think that there are better options than Dice. Um, it's 
it's just you just got to go and find them really um like I, I don't know who to get really at the moment but i'm sure there are other young progressive managers out there because if you're just getting points, what's that mate sorry Lapetegui. i think potter's wages are probably fucked now after the chelsea experiment yeah so that probably set him back out of anybody outside of either the top six or the top two from other leagues hmm. um but i think Lapetegui is probably the best available manager that for some reason wolves couldn't come to terms with that, that was crazy to me yeah. but i i would have him in a heartbeat because he seemed like somebody ready and willing to start a project and yeah. that's where we're at not the, steady the ship not get to brenly more like we need to build a future that isn't just leaving talon marks on 16th place yeah absolutely but the, re- the reason he left was because wolves were selling pies and not getting any in so oh, if, we, if that was the creative case, differences <laughs> It's like getting fired from Star Wars. He's going to come in and Bill's going to be like, listen, all these players are leaving on loan. Uh, And then you've got this list of players that you can have on loan again. (laughs) So he's just like, I'm out. I'm done. Unrelated. I'm having my fifth open heart surgery. Anyways. (laughs) And like, even like, even Potter, like you've seen what happened with Chelsea. It's going to be on like a a less, less, like the players skill base is on on a lesser scale. Yeah, and uh, without disjointed and how this team isn't set up like you say, if he wasn't to be given money, like I, I don't, I mean, just we've got rid of a lot of the players that were we considered as dead wood, but there's still players there that are past coaching, I think, and yeah. he seems to be more of a like a coach tactician sort of thing. Yeah, the, a lot of the players that Dice is working with have only came in in the, like the last eighteen months to twelve months. Um, mm. so you, it's like. You know, you can give a carpenter new tools, but it's up to him, like what he does with them. Um, you know, it, it's your job to wear wear them out essentially, and then get new ones in. But he's not getting his use out of the pieces that he's got. That's what I feel like. He's like you're getting one point from Fulham, Villa, Wolves, and Sheffield. One point from those four games. We'd be screaming for these type of fixtures at the end of the season when we're scrapping for points. Do you know what I mean? So. That that's just not good enough for me. Um, we we would be desperate for these games when we're fighting against Chelsea and Man City and God knows who else. Um, to try and get a point or two. Take uh, Chelsea next week, please. Yeah. Based on based on today. Yeah, they're just as bad as us. Yeah, it's shocking, really. Um, uh, one of the, sorry, one of the other things I wanted to touch on with the today's game as well was the refereeing. Oh yeah, go on. Uh, shocking. <laughs> Yeah, that incident. I'm not gonna, yeah, yeah I, I'm not gonna say that it, but like it's why we lost. But mm. you know, I mean, the main thing like you're gonna, you, I mean, if you you want to explain what what happened. Yeah, so we got we got a free kick. Dan Juma is blitzing away from his defender, um, and he gets pulled quite clearly, um, and he kind of falls into the box. I do think it was the right decision to give a free kick just outside, um, but. Like the referee was quick to decide on a free kick. I, I don't even think he took much notice of the VAR or the other officials. Rule yeah. twelve, right? If you're being held in transition into the box, yeah, it's supposed to be a pen. But I guess I think you're right. It could be argued that mm. it wasn't all the way through the transition before he was falling. Yeah, yeah. But, so I think yeah. it was a fair outcome to give the free kick. This is where the problem starts because the referee, he does the line with this little hairspray thingy, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and then the players, they, they just shuffle forward and wipe it clean. So you can barely see it, but you can just a little bit to where 
to the left where the other player is or isn't. Um, and they shuffle forward about two yards. And Ashley Young, fair play to him, give him credit because he's screaming at the referee, like, you need to move them the fuck back. They've just advanced two yards there. Um, he doesn't listen to them and he, he sprays a brand new line. I've never seen that before, like spraying a brand new line two feet further forward. It's just completely inept and biased and bullshit. Like, I've never seen that before. Yeah, it was It was like he, he panicked because when Young's screaming, pointing at the floor where the Sheffield United players are, and then the Sheffield United, I, I can't remember who it was, I think it might have been McBurney. He, yeah. He's pointing at the floor at their feet going, no, the line's there. Yeah. And it's like the ref's just gone, oh, oh, shit, oh, oh, okay, there it is, yeah. And then he yeah. puts it back down there, and it's just, yeah. I mean, that that was like the clown show of it all, but I mean, even other stuff like, um, you know, smaller decisions through the game, like um, tackles that are shoulder to shoulder, and, yeah. and like, I think it was one of them that I seen was Onana, another was Decore, the big lads, if you're going shoulder to shoulder with them, you better be ready for it sort of thing. Yeah. The the ball is ahead of both players, they both go for it shoulder to shoulder, Onana and Decore both times knocked over the player, the stronger and then yeah. he straight away blows a whistle, gives the free kick. Awful. Absolutely awful. It was yeah. just, he was shocking. Like, he was really, really bad. Um, the closest thing I can recall to that was last season or the season before, uh, one of our players went to take a corner kick, and they moved the ball. Like, they stopped him when he was ready to go mm-hmm. because it was, like, you know, a millimeter or two off the arc. Yeah. It was like, what the fuck? Like, how are you coming up with that choice? Yeah, just weird. But like, the... but it's not the reason we lost. Um, no, it was terrible refereeing. But we lost because of the setup and the lack of clinicality. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's definitely definitely two points dropped in my opinion because the, the players were just everything's just disjointed. Um, Beto, like I, I said before, he he linked the play up really well, and he seems to be forming a nice partnership with Dan Juma on the left, playing some nice one twos. And Beto can find him as well after getting the ball and seeing Dan Juma run past him. He, he finds him with a nice pass. But in the end, we, we, we barely scraped the point because they could have scored right at the death there um, if it wasn't for Pickford's outstanding double save. Um, Andrew, he's just... I'm, I'm running out of things to say about Pickford because he is that good, but it's just so fucking shit that we have to rely on him to, to cling on to a point against Sheffield. Yeah. Yeah, I forgive his left ass cheek now after uh that <laughs> utterly bizarre own goal. Yeah. Um I mean there's nothing he could have done there, I'm joking. But uh yeah, that look that last five second sequence reminded me a lot of the Chelsea game yeah. uh, from Frank's season. Yeah. And just incredible reaction speed and fight and awareness to get to all of those shots. It was three, I think. Yep. in that two, four second period, mm-hmm. just absolutely nuts. Um, and I think one of them hit him in the face. Yeah. Uh, the second one, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't, but think he'll, he'll never get enough respect. I don't think it's possible for him to get the respect that he deserves. Yeah. It's interesting because you're seeing a lot of other fans like coming out today, like, Oh, you only just noticed this. He's been doing this for the last fucking eight years. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. I think they watch very little of England and mm-hmm. then only look at our, table position and then just assume he's bad yeah that's true that is true um 
Yeah, very, very frustrating game. It, it didn't need to be that hard for us. We didn't need to make it that difficult. We didn't need to give them all the time on the ball. And it's so weird because I saw a stat that it kind of flashed up on the screen. Um, and we were in like the top five teams for winning the ball back in the final third. So we're really, really good, extremely high up the pitch and really shit everywhere else. So if that doesn't work and you don't win the ball back up there, I mean, we're not going to do anything with it because we're not clinical. But then they come down the other end and it's almost like you're standing off them like three or four yards. It's like in the NBA, if you're a really bad shooter, you stand off them and just let them let them go ahead. And then they whip in across and they end up scoring from it. It's like, why are you so quick to close down up there but not here? It just doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's, yeah. I don't know, it's just backwards. Yeah. My one of my favorite Michael Jordan stories, by the way, uh, where he broke Muggsy Bogues. Yeah. Um, he he was lined up behind the arc and he said, go ahead, shoot it, you fucking midget. And he <laughs> airballed it. And his shooting percentages just hit the dirt for the rest of his career because of that moment. Sly. So sly. But that, I mean... I think, sorry, I, I, I was going to say, I think for the, like the two goals, I think that for me... I mean, apart from the first one where Onana was just lazy to not even... I mean, he, he half sticks his leg out, but um, Tarkovsky got bullied by McBurney. It looks... I, I watched it back a few times because at first it looks like McBurney is Brantwaite's man, but Brantwaite clearly points him out because mm. of the, the sides of, of centre-half that they're playing. He clearly points him out that it, like to pass him on or that it's his man. Tarkovsky takes him, do, sort of does like a little push and tussle, and then McBurney just like turns his back to him, controls the ball, and then passes it to Archer. Yeah. And then like the the second goal, um, where where Archer's Archer's come for the left, I think, and then he, and then he's running at him. Tarkovsky can't do nothing but backpedal, and he's just he's always on the back foot, sort of thing. Just yeah. no no agency to to just press out against them. So, like you say, it's like you know. With this high press and whatever, if when we're doing it, it's like it's great in the top half to a point where we're wasteful with that anyway. Like with the XG, if you want to look at that, mm. but then at the back, like you say, it's too hesitant, no agency, and when there is agency, it's just panic. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, it seems to be like we're we're playing like a brand of football that ex like it, if it comes off, you're great because you're going to be top of the list for the the shots blocked or whatever as the case with Tarkowski but if it doesn't come off you look absolutely shit um which is the case now we're exposing our own defenders because of the way we're playing it's almost like and I hate talking about them but the shite with Van Dyke I don't think he's a very good defender but they have a system that doesn't allow him to be exposed Tarkowski's mm. constantly under pressure the amount of blocks he's having to do and stuff because he keeps on backpedaling and again it's all down to coaching you know you can say you know, press them as soon as they get up on, on, onto our box or whatever the case may be, but we're not. We're just backing off, backing off, backing off, and then it's too late to get a shot away. And he had all the time in the world to pick that shot out, Cameron Archer, and it pings off the post and then it goes in off Pickford. But he shouldn't be getting that much time. It's utterly ridiculous. Um, the thing, like you say, like it, with system wise, I think now Dice is like living off, but also dying off that Brighton game. Yeah. Yeah, because like you say, it's like he's trying to play that football, and or he's been. I don't mean watching watching the games. Like I mean, especially the first half against Doncaster. I don't see a system, a style of football. Like you say, he's got he's meant to be this one trick pony, but he's not got that trick. Mm. 
yeah absolutely it's it's shocking um we're now 18th anyway so we have climbed up a little bit despite us being embarrassing but we're down there with burnley luton sheffield of course bournemouth um doesn't make for, for great reading like after our first four games i'll be honest i i was trying to be optimistic before the season but again just feel dull again now um yeah it's just just shit. I mean, we dropped points massively. Um, we, we I got... think not. E- not even only from today. I say when you look back at the four games, you've dropped two. You've dropped three points. Then I mean, we got battered by Villa. You've dropped another three points, and then you dropped a point. So he's just. I mean, we uh, we've dropped two points. Sorry. Yep. So he's essentially dropped eight points in four games. Yeah. That were winnable, and that was three of them were winnable games that we should have won. Yeah, I think, I mean, I say this kind of thing a lot, but if this was Rafa in charge, we'd be calling for his head. And I think rightfully so. I don't understand, aside from Deitch's kind of cartoon character personality, which I get and I enjoy, honestly. I just don't enjoy him as a manager. (laughs) These kind of results this Mm -hmm. early in the season with that kind of opposition, we have been an absolute charity. And I think Deitch should absolutely be under pressure. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's um, yep, yeah, it's awful, and it's it's not helping this case. Um, yeah, I, I thought we'd honestly have more points on the board at this stage. It's really depressing, and barely escaped past Doncaster midweek. Um, Sheffield obviously came into this game worried at what Doncaster nearly did to us. Um, full of confidence, and they showed it. You know, they, I think at times. If they had better players, they, 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 they cut us open because they had that much time on the ball in our final third. It was embarrassing, really. Um, and then, you know, not to mention the abysmal transfer deadline day that we had yesterday, or rather we, we didn't. We, we should have all just went to bed and, and just ignored everything. But instead, we're constantly refreshing feeds, hoping that something's going to happen. Um, Alan Myers said it was, he said earlier on in the, in the day, any deals we do make uh, is going to be for the benefit of Everton or some shit like that, which is just complete waffle. And we should have known at that point nothing was going to happen. Um, yeah. So I feel like, you know, yesterday we didn't even try. We didn't even try. But, you know, what can you do? Um, we've got a little break now before the Arsenal game on the 16th. Um, so that's an easy three points for us there, luckily. Um, <laughs> yeah, just just embarrassing. Like, it, I just hate throwing games away, which is exactly what we're doing it, it's stupid because at the end of the season, when there's ten fixtures left and we're scraping for points and we're saying City or two of them, yeah, it's just, it's just awful. Like we'll be saying, okay, well that's that's a winnable game. We can do something. We can get something from that. Well, we should have done it now. Like do it now. It, mm. It's just so annoying. Um, but yeah, nice little break from them uh, for a little bit now until the Arsenal game. Um. But yeah, lads, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add about today's game or the transfer window. And we'll we'll do a rundown of all the ins and outs and things in a proper episode. But um, I feel like yesterday was a complete disappointment, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even... I mean, it's not Alan's fault, obviously, but saying they'll only do deals if it suits Everton. What, what suits Everton if you're leaving the squad that thin? Yeah, absolutely. With the money that we've made, I mean, twenty-two million for Awobi is great, but then it's not exactly an amount of money where other teams are going to have your pants down like, like extortion you know, for players. Mm. Um, 
you know, I th- I think the majority of what I've seen, what I did see, sorry, was that we we needed two or three players, and we thought like everyone generally thought we'd get one at least, and then it comes to the end of the window, and it was none. Yeah. Um, like you say, it's just disappointing. What like one of the other things here, the lads in, in the Twitter space yesterday saying um that if 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 we would have signed if we wouldn't have signed Beto and then we would have signed him on deadline day, would you have been made up with the transfer window in that sense? Because we ended up getting the striker in no. last day. No. And it's sort of like you say no now, but then it's like you're probably like, yeah, buzzing, we got better. But then, like you say, still it settles in after a couple of hours or days that, oh, shit, we haven't replaced half the squad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I wouldn't have been happy because it's just a mess all around. Um, everyone gets carried away. Like, you have to sign players in deadline day. You only have to sign players in deadline day if you don't do anything in the summer, which we didn't. You know, it, if you're getting plenty of squad depth in in the summer, and you don't sign anyone in deadline day, you're fine with it. But, you know, we're just panicking. Um, Beto, again, even if he came in on deadline day, and this is straight out the Bills playbook, you know, sign a player on deadline day, and then you're all excited about it. And you forgot mm. about how we should have got him in January instead. Um, now, the squad is just awful. And no doubt, you know, we're left with James Garner on the right wing um, for the foreseeable future. And in January, we're going to lose Idrissa Gay and... You know, decore to the Afghan. Um, so, oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's, oh. um, it's awful. Like it really is bad. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, you're trying to stay positive, but yeah, it's just. I mean, Forest signed seven players on deadline day, and then even before then, and I think in total they spent a hundred and something million. I say, I mean, they got a ridiculous amount for Brandon Johnson that. Like the lads have said in the chat, we should have been in four or got a couple of seasons ago. Um, we tried, but then they got fucking promoted, the dickheads. <laughs> but like, even I mean, it's one thing that I don't know how Forrest are getting away with what they're doing, and yeah, I, I think Lee said it'll come back to catch them, it'll bite them in the, in the ass sort of thing. But yeah. the level of players that they're getting as well, like the one of the like Sangari, I think is how you pronounce his name from PSV. Is supposedly one of the better holding midfielders in, in Europe. And then you've got even Callum Hudson Adoy. Mm-hmm. I, I think he plays left but can play right. I don't think he has a predominant side, but then they bought him for three million. Yeah. Yeah. Even with his injury record, I mean the rest of the squad are like that anyway. You'd have took mm-hmm. a punt on it for three million. Yeah. Um I would have been concerned about any Chelsea player at this point, just wages alone. They've got yeah. to be used to a completely different standard, and that would break us. Yeah, definitely. But uh, just didn't even try. Um, I think Graham he actually said in the chat, didn't he? Um, I think the club give up at six o'clock. I think they just give up yesterday in general. Um, I just don't think they tried at all. Um, Shane, what's your thoughts on losing a world winner to Fulham? Um, so he had, uh, I think he had four. He had six goals in four years, I think, at Everton. Um, I've seen something funny on Twitter before. Jolion Lescott scored more Premier League goals for Everton in the 07-08 season than Alex Iwobi managed in his entire four years. What does that say? Yeah. I, I wasn't his biggest fan. I just thought, you know, 99% of the time when I watched him, it looked like he was running man like an headless chicken, mm. uh, to be quite honest. Um, Lobby's 
thank him for the Newcastle goal. Um, but for even if he was getting played out of position on the wing, for a player who's predominantly a ten or meant to be a creative player, that's I can't off the top of my head. I think it was um I think fourteen or fifteen might be wrong contributions in however many hundred games he played is yeah. not enough, yeah. even for our standard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hated Gilfie Sigurdsson, but the numbers that he dropped in that position, mm-hmm. um, you know. But we what got the fuck got up, quite... man. Superstat is going to hear you. Oh, <laughs> let him. He's playing in the Danish league somewhere now, so he can go and stand for that team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, twenty-two million for a player who's got only had twelve months left on his contract. I mean, for, for on Everton's standards, that's brilliant business. But it's sort of like you know. Lowers the tone when we haven't replaced him, mm. um, and I, you never know what the thought behind it was is with Everton whether they think that Eli Ali's coming back and that's going to be the guy that comes in, or yeah, they're just stupid and haven't replaced him. I don't know, but I, I seen that he was going. Like I say, I, I was happy with it at first. If we got a replacement in, then seen the twenty two million and was made up with it. But then, like I say, we, the problem is we haven't replaced him, so. Yeah. When I seen some of the rumors floating around, like Reed from Fulham, I was like, Do you know what? I'm good. Like, I'll just um, <laughs> read. <laughs> you know, um, people saying they'll chip in with goals and stuff. He, he fucking wouldn't. He wouldn't. <laughs> so, so, I have very mixed feelings on a Wobi because when I yeah. first started supporting, he was useless. Mm. Um, and then as time went by, um, Frank seemed to find a way to unlock his athleticism and like, Oh, turns out he's really fucking fast and can do it for 85 minutes Mm. every week. And then it became this weird thing where it was like a fault of his virtue is his utility. I mean, even what Carlo was the first one that used him as a right wing back when we played uh, with no name striker and he won that game two nil. Mm. Um, It just became like, he was so athletic and so capable of doing a seven out of 10 job that he never got many chances to do what he's supposedly best at Mm. even his inception. Like when he first came to Everton, it was only because we couldn't get Zaha and Kia Drabchian was helping out Arsenal because they were fucked at that point in time. Mm. So I don't think he ever really had a completely fair shot at being the best version of himself. So I would like to defend him on that note. Um, and he was willing to do that job. And he, I remember the one time he said to Carlo, like, actually I'm a 10. And then he's like, okay, try it out. And yep. it went horrifically. I, I think <laughs> that was the next game he whiffed. I thought he was going to fall. It was Charlie <laughs> Brown esque. Yeah. Um, and it was a fucking sitter too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it might've been against Spurs, but I, regardless, he did give his all. Mm. for much of it in whatever position he was put in. But I think we never really used him as he should have been more centrally Mm. in a creative thing. And then the last thing I'll say to the negative, he slowed the pace down to a crawl. He put his hands out and do that weird little Jack Sparrow run when he was dribbling. (laughs) You knew the next thing, no matter what it was, either a scuffed shot or a pass that doesn't quite come off was going to be a solid minute later. Yeah, absolutely. So that that was infuriating too. But I I wish him well because he was a big reason that we stayed up in a couple of different ways. Yeah. Um, I just I I want to watch him honestly, just mm. scientifically, if somebody will play him as he's meant to be played. Yeah, which is fair. Um, I think he had a nice little purple patch last season where he was 
up there with assists in the first half of the season. He was pretty nice, but number one, not named Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for four years, I feel like chance creation, not assists. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Almost assist. Assist yeah. would imply we scored. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, I feel like the utility player theory with Alex Iwobi is, I don't feel like that's a, I mean, I get why you say that because he can do that, but I feel like a utility player is just someone who can't nail down a proper spot somewhere else. Um, yeah. I feel like you get relegated to being a utility player, almost like John Joe Kenny. Yeah, pretty much. Or like, um, I'll, and I'll give you an extreme example on the other end. Gareth Bale was a left back, but if you're that good, you will play anywhere you want because you're the first name on the team sheet. Um, mm. If you, you go further up, if you're better at it, he seems to be going further back because he just couldn't do it up top. But like some of the shots, someone put like a little compilation of his, his things, you know, the other day and whatever. And most of them were just like at the goalkeeper or like over the bar. And I'm watching it going, what the fuck's this in four years? Is that all you can come up with? It was so I... it was like he had no power, like, yeah. which yeah. was weird. And then like another thing as well is like, I mean, I was probably a bit harsh when I said, I mean, yeah, he, he, he did give us all and he was one of the players who would be running around for 90 minutes. But that's that's what sort of, you're, you're sort of question over the fact we haven't replaced him, but he was, was one of those players that sort of suited to dice where he doesn't stop running for 90 minutes. Mm. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's always a mystery with everything. Like, but I mean, 22 million, you can't really turn your nose off out of, can you? I know. That's true. Um. So, yeah, he had some nice little moments, but overall, I, I won't be sad to see him go. Um, okay, we could have done with a right mid, but again, if if you're a creative player and you can only create in one spot, I'm not sure you're a creative player. In all honesty, you know, you can you should be able to create anywhere. And he couldn't cross for shit as well. So, Graham, come at me. Um, it is what it is. Hammers is another example. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't fast, but he played on the right, and oh. he was good enough. I was so. like, "Wait, he couldn't cross?" Like, no, 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 no. As that was way too a, close together in sentences. Yeah. <laughs> as a creative player, I I didn't like him playing on the wing, but he would still do yeah. something there, sort of thing. Um, yeah. If you, yeah. could, you can, um, the Wobie crosses were about the same arc and velocity as Robin Olsen's <laughs> goal kicks. <laughs> yeah, shocking. But on the positive side, we got rid of Gabama. He did, yeah, finally. That's a celebration. Um, I think he played four games, was it, in like five years or something ridiculous? Um, yeah, I think it worked out. He was getting paid. <laughs> I think uh, with the 25 million price tag or something, he was getting paid like 100 grand for every minute of football he played. It was something stupid. That's wrong, Matt, but it was something really ridiculous, though. That's like crazy. Yabaman's yeah. fitness was so suspect that the second he moved to Russia, they got injured by Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> That's how bad. That's how bad it got. Uh, but he got out there, he went out there and then was playing and getting player of the month or man of the matches. And yeah. then they weren't happy with him because he was out partying or something. Shocking. And then come back, he's straight on the injury, like he's straight on the, the doctor's tables or the thing. Like I just yeah. want to know like why we've taken it till now to terminate his contract. Like like why now? Like why didn't you just do that two years ago? Like probably because he agreed now to not be paid. Yeah. I bet that was a fight. Well, that's it. Like, if I mean, the cheeky bastard, if he's just saying now, I'm just going to terminate it after just rinsing his dry for like five years or whatever. Anyway, that's it's probably easier and cheaper as well, isn't it? If his contract running out to do it now rather than when we stupidly probably put him on like a four or five year contract. <laughs> Quick uh, aside about partying, you just reminded me of one of my favorite things was when pandemic year, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Moise Keen had that party at his house. And it was like that Chappelle bit where he's like, I didn't know I couldn't do that. Sorry. <laughs> Definitely, mate, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Evan. Evan, aren't we? Um, yeah, we'll uh, leave it there for that one. And we'll be back for the... Well, we'll do a transfer rundown of all the ins and outs this summer. And um, we'll be back for the Arsenal game as well. So stay tuned. And Andrew and Shane, thank you for joining me, boys. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Evan, are we? That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family and maybe even Evertonians you just meet in the street. Don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching EAW Podcast. And if you've anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at the EAWPodcast at gmail.com.